Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. This episode is brought to you by Gilt. So when it comes to building wealth, taxes are such a big part of the strategy. And even if you're already filed, being proactive about this year to lower your future liability is so important. Gelt actually provides a proactive approach to tax strategy, combining innovative technology and expert CPAs by creating personalized tax strategies for your unique financial needs of multiple revenue streams, M&As, restricted stocks, various investments and more. You can keep your hard-earned money. Our, their proprietary platform ultimately gives you the full transparency of your tax management and direct communication with your CPA to reach your financial goals and grow for your wealth faster. So again, you know, if you're interested in this, go to joingelt.com. Uh, and they are actually on the show notes that I'm going to be posting a very special offer for you all that you can actually enjoy. So again, you know, join Gelt. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So today we have a very exciting guest, you know, an entrepreneur. She is building a really incredible company and a, a massive, you know, amount of money that they've raised already, uh, 700 million. So, I mean, the last round that they did pretty, pretty big. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that stuff, but definitely a very interesting story because you know, she did the whole corporate thing and it's not like she went right out of it, you know, after university, you know, she took her time, you know, we're going to talk about that, but the uh, incredible shift, you know, incredible uh, rocket ship that she's building and super inspiring story. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest today, Michelle. Hey, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. So originally born in China, you know, you were born there in a area that was industrial, that was all about car making and manufacturing, all that good stuff. Uh, and a lot of pressure around education and getting good grades and attending the best school. So give us a walk through memory lane. How was life growing up? Yeah, very happy to. So I was born and grew up in China. My hometown is called Hubei. It's right in the center of China. It is actually a main industry area, a lot of like a car manufacturing and um, and, and a steel uh, manufacturing business. And like what you said, it's known as a very competitive province in terms of education. So when I was a kid, I was expected to work very hard and get good education. I finished my university degree from one of the top engineering schools um, in China. And I always love numbers, love data and problem solving. Later on, I went to Singapore to do my PhD in machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, after I got my PhD, I worked there for a couple of years. Before you, you go deeper there, you know, because it's very interesting. One of the points there is that when you studied engineering, I mean, you also, you know, got your PhD, you know, on machine learning, AI. Now everyone is talking about machine learning and AI, you know, but they, obviously you were ahead of your time. Uh, but in university, you know, like there, you know, it was like 30, 30 men and three ladies, I mean, in class. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, you, 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 you found yourself to be very comfortable, you know, in male dominated spaces, which is incredible. And 
And I love this because I have three girls. I'm a girl's dad. So, you know, this is this is exactly I, I know that times are changing. I couldn't be more excited for the future that they're going to be living uh, into. But it's all thanks to, you know, people like you, Michelle, you know, that they that just went right in and it didn't matter if it was 30 or 40 men and just two or three women. It just didn't matter. So how was that for you? And then also, I guess, what did you learn about, hey, I don't care if this is male dominated or or there is women or non-women. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, I have I have a daughter. My daughter is six years old. And uh, one of the things which drive me to work hard now and even harder than before is to be a role model for my daughter so that she will be grown up in a very confident way, be comfortable with herself. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So I studied mechanical engineering. And um, when I joined the university, I, I realized, you know, this is really a male-dominating environment. There were 30 boys and only three girls, including me. Um, but I think I learned when I was very young, uh, when I was a kid, that it doesn't really matter what is your gender. And then later on, when I traveled from Singapore and then it was in the UK, I'm also the minority, like in the UK, the minority of women. And what I learned is that that doesn't matter what is your gender and what you raise. What really matters is that what's your drive and what what you believe and how do you put your hard work and 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 and, and your face together to do something really really meaningful. And if you feel if you feel that you are satisfactory about what you are doing, it makes you a better person, and that will naturally impact the people who are around you. So in my case my daughter, my family, and my friends around me, they see you are happy, you're self-confident, and you are making an impact. That is really meaningful. And, you know, it's it's obviously easier said than done. I mean, I'm I'm an immigrant, too, in the U.S., and I remember at the beginning, you know, like people were making fun of my accent, you know, and, you know, I got to a point that I was even laughing at it, too. I was like, hey, you know, I got to laugh at myself, you know, so that people can laugh at it, too. So why why why, why we all not laugh about it? No, so... But it's it's not easy, you know, to kind of like get out of your own head, get out of your own way and just keep pu- keep keep pushing where perhaps the odds are not in your favor. So how were you able to do that? Well, I think that I I what I learned is that I turned the disadvantages to the advantages. So, for example, being an immigrant to, to a new country like in the UK, like a, a Chinese girl come to the Western world. And that was that was a lot, a lot in, in many ways that's a disadvantage because when I first came to the UK thirteen years ago, I came here to work for a big company, a well paid, stable job, well educational background, and a very healthy spend. But no banks wanted lend five thousand pounds to me because I was credit invisible in this country. I didn't have any footprint, like credit footprint in the ecosystem. In the UK, like in many other developing countries, like same in the U- U- US, credit score is still dominating um, as a decision decision making tool by banks and, and the vendors. And they look at you know your credit score, who have you borrowed the money before in this specific country. So in my case, my credit uh, my credit history in Singapore doesn't count. It's like what have you done in the UK? But as new to the country, I haven't. I don't have any footprint. So later on, I worked um, almost over a decade before I set up Abound. I worked, worked almost a decade in in the credit industry, digital lending, 
And eventually I wake up one day and told myself, if I continue doing what I'm doing now to help the big banks to improve the credit decisioning, then I can't even help people like myself because everything is still around the credit score, which is the Stone Age technology used for, for the last eight years. So I want to do something really different and um, to revolutionize the credit industry. And then with the birth of open banking, which is very, very developed in the UK, and the UK is a leading leading country in the world in terms of the open banking ecosystem. My co-founder, Gerald, and I found this is this is it. This is the thing to revolutionize the credit uh, credit lending industry. And um, we look at it, we look at it, and we developed a very distinctive technology based on a combination of AI and open banking. So to answer your question, I've I now feel I turned what people think is a disadvantage to an advantage. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's amazing because I was actually getting flashbacks when you were talking. You know, I remember when I moved to the U.S., um, it was August 13, 2008. You know, I even remember the, the guy, the taxi driver, his name was Luigi, that was driving me from the airport to, uh, to the city. And I remember, you know, it was not easy, you know, with credit. I, I had like landlords that were asking me to pay up front 12 months in advance. I mean, it, well, like, what the hell? I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Now, one thing that is very interesting here is that it sounds like you guys really stumbled on a problem, on a problem that you were really familiar with because, you know, you were obviously working in the corporate world for so long. But, but, but hey, let's face it, you know, you had a steady, you know, uh, career, you know, very nice paycheck, you, you know, the nine to five, you know, very comfortable, you know, life. You had, you know, moved there to the UK, you know, a pretty successful uh, story. But all of a sudden, you decide to uh, to shift gears. You know, typically people would start companies out of university, but uh, starting a company when you've had, you know, such a long and steady, you know, corporate career, it's tough to leave that because one gets really comfortable and attached to it, you know, and the unknown becomes very uncertain and very scary. So how did you come to the point where it was just so real and so vivid, you know, that future, how compelling, you know, it was that you were living into that you said, I got, I, I got to leave this thing behind. I, I need to take action here. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, the corporate life I had is not a nine nine to five. I guess you mean for nine a.m. to five p.m. My, my life was the corporate life was pretty stressful. Sometimes it's probably for nine a.m. to five a.m. <laughs> but that's not the reason. And I didn't I didn't really get bored. It I still got like a a very good training and like professional training for my career. I worked with um, a lot of like the you know the biggest bank in, in in the world helped them with a lot of problems, including the the operations, the credit decisioning. But what I did was not actually what I want to do. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to make an impact, and I want to solve a problem which can at least help people like myself. When I first came to the UK 13 years ago, I want to be able to get a loan because a bond does not exist at that time. And um, 13 years later, if I look at it now, most lenders, if not all of them, banks and lenders are still using this approach to, you know, have a computer says no to a credit worthy people. I was um, like, I, I was I was testing this with some of our our colleagues, and like one of them is a um, engineer, um, a head of engineer. He just his name is Carlock. He just moved from Hong Kong to 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 the UK a couple of months ago, and um, you know. 
two master degrees, one from Germany, one from US, used to work a data scientist project in NASA in the US, you know, very, very talented guy. And he came here, asked him, you know, do, do, if you need a loan, you search it and just test it. It turns out that he can only get two loans from on the aggregator website. Number one is a bound. Number two is a very high cost loan. So it and, and a couple of other colleagues who you know have the same situation tested it over over dinner as well. So it, it, it is true, in the last 13 years I have been there, this problem has not been really solved by anybody else. And and we have a very sensible solution here, which is basically look at people's real-time bank transaction information the customers share with us, apply the artificial intelligence to really understand it, the process the information, extract the signals from the noise so that we can identify if the customer can really afford to pay back the loan or not, regardless if this person is new to the country or other type. So then I guess for the people that uh, that are listening to, to to really get it. So obviously, you know, here you guys, you know, were like, okay, you know, like, like what they say, screw it, let's do it. And you went at it, you know, with the company. And I guess for Abound, you know, so the people that are listening to really understand it, what ended up being the business model of the company? How, how are you guys making money? Um, so we have two business lines. One is Abound, another one is Render. So Abound is a digital lender. So we provide unsecured loans up to £10,000 to people here in the UK. Um, with customer's consent, uh, we have read access to their bank transaction information. We download their bank transaction information and process it with our AI engine. And we calculate, basically, you know, uh, we understand how much they earn, where do they get the income from, how, how they spend the money, and the risk signals from, from, the, from the, a lot of noisy and unstructured information. And we provide them a loan. Um, so, the, so, so our business model is basically to provide affordable loans to, uh, for the bond is provide affordable loans to the consumers here in the UK. That's one part of the business is digital lending. Basically, it's um, a net interest margin business model. The second part is a really exciting bit of our business. It's, the, it's render. That is provide credit technology to um, financial institutions. That's the international business. We provide uh, credit technology as software to uh, lenders and non-bank lenders, uh, banks or non-bank lenders here in Europe and, and globally. And the, there are a lot of synergy between Abound and the Render, these two business. We if we come back to our mission, our mission is to expand access to affordable loans. And we build a very distinct technology, which is render based on the abound business, because we can only get this information, like customers' information and our own data, our customers' uh, profile by direct lending to the customers. And currently, we have achieved a 75% reduction in credit loss uh, or, or the bad debt compared with the market. That is very, very powerful. And now we offer that one as a software, as a service to, to other lenders because it's, it's really difficult to build. And in the last three and a half years, we have, we have the best team in this industry. We spent the last three and a half years only doing one thing, which is basically open banking-based affordability technology. That is render. And how how difficult was it to to go from having your own office, the space with people, you know, all of that stuff to all of a sudden, you know, like when you guys started this in pretty much in lockdown, you know, during COVID, you know, all of a sudden you see yourself alone at home, you know, like uh, no one around you. I mean, 
that was quite the change, you know, because it was different from everything that you were used to. So how was that adjustment as well for you? Mm, it was um, it was not a very easy in the beginning, but I think a part of it is because people, the entire world is shifting from a normal world to a lockdown world. So even I didn't leave my job, I will still have to adjust to that kind of lockdown working from home mode. For me specifically, when I um, quit my job, I didn't have any income. We didn't have office. And actually, for the very first year when we founded the business, we didn't have an office and we didn't need to have one because it's a lockdown mode and we have a small team. All of us work remotely. So we actually work from um, a bytonet flat of my co-founders. And um, and it's just a very small team. We have so much work to do. Um, and I found it's actually super productive because, you know, I can sit there like 16 hours just focusing on building the things, you know, writing the business plan. And then, you know, my my, my co-founder and I basically building the prototype and coding the prototype before we, before we have engineering team in place. So it's a very different environment where, because we are so focused on just doing one thing, while my job before is like, you know, I probably have a couple of meetings throughout the day. There's people management, a lot of other corporate related things. But when we shifted to a, a startup, when we started building everything from scratch, it's it's just so focused. And, and we have to be focused because it's very few people and so much work to do. And we don't have unlimited funding. We don't have unlimited time. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by .tech Domains. I mean, obviously, if you're a startup or an entrepreneur, you got to be super careful on how you go about your presence and how you get the catchy domain. And that's why I recommend .tech Domains as the go-to place to really get your own domain. A good example here is Aurora.tech, which is an innovative brand that has the .tech domain associated to it. Aurora.tech actually works at the intersection of rigorous engineering to address one of the most challenging issues of our generation, which is transforming the way that people and goods move. It is set to launch Horizon, which is Aurora's first autonomous service that's designed to bring safety, value, and efficiency to carriers and fleet owners. I've actually arranged an amazing deal for all of you, and that is you can get your one-year domain for $10 or a five-year domain for $50. Just go to go.tech forward slash dealmakers. And that's again, go.tech forward slash dealmakers to get your own. So then, so then in this, in this case, when it comes to, um, to, to the, to the, to the co-founders, no, like the, the founding team, you know, how did the founding team come together? So Gerald and I, as co-founders of the team, and Gerald and I used to work together. Um, I, when I first came to the UK, I joined um, a team in, in, in EY where he was the team lead. And we worked very closely with each other for many, many years. And later on, he left EY to join McKinsey, and he worked there for a couple of years, but we stay in touch. We, you know, we meet from time to time to discuss what is the, the industry trend and then career path. And they just one day, I, I remember it's the summer of, of 2019, we talked to each other and we're so excited about this open banking thing. And um, and and we 
We both believe open banking is going to be transformational to the credit lending industry. And in fact, that we were in the very beginning, we were doing small projects for for big banks using their own transaction data to say, this is a proof of concept. This is so powerful. If you compare this one with a traditional, uh, traditional credit score approach, but um, to convince the big banks to to completely replace their legacy system is super difficult. It's probably a five to 10 year cycle. Um, so in the end, we just decided to do it by ourselves because this is really, really sensible. And also you guys have raised a lot of money. How much money have you guys raised? Uh, in total, we raised about $700 million so far. Um, and uh, that's a lot of money for a three and a half year business. No kidding. I mean, that's definitely a lot of millions. And why did you raise so much so much money? And how has it been the journey of raising all that money? Because I mean, recently you landed five hundred million as well. Yeah. So it, uh, recently we landed the five hundred million pounds, which is six hundred million dollars. Um, that's a combination of uh, equity and the debt. Um, so a large part of its debt, we need to grow the the loan book to continue to basically grow grow the loan book and have more data and the trend uh, continuously improve the credit technology. Part of it is the um, the equity to, for us to continuously build the technology. So um, the journey has. Well, it's it's definitely not an easy journey, in particular in this kind of market. Um, it's a very very tough market, and to be able to raise this kind of money from some of the smartest investors, you know, in this space is is not easy. But it's also give us a lot of confidence that, you know, smartest investors, the top investors, see the distinct value of our technology and the business. That's why they put a lot of money in. By a lot, I mean hundreds of millions. And and in this case, I mean, you were all coming from corporate. You know, you didn't have the networks. You didn't have, you know, perhaps like the background of having built a successful company in the past. You know, it was just like the first first time founders, but also first time founders co- coming from corporate. So, how did you guys go about building the network so that you could get in front of the right investors? And then also, how did you build that trust so that they could give you all that money? Mm, very good question. Um, because we are not both my co-founder and I. Uh, we are not a very classic like entrepreneurs. We found we both came from a big corporate. Uh, we used to be consultants, um, and uh, we founded our business when we are almost like in, in our late thirties. We founded the business. So in the very beginning, when we had nothing, um, uh, the first initial funding of the, the initial couple of million was super challenging. Um, I, I, we have raised $700 million so far, but I found the most difficult one is the first $5 million because it was, there are two challenges. One is the chicken and egg thing. Um, people don't see us like a classic entrepreneur, uh, you know, like you know, on on the on on, on the mid twenties and coming in fresh, want to change the world, um, and we we also face the chicken egg situation where we are still in the we were still in the process of getting the regulatory license. So without the license, we could not lend. Without lending, we could not prove the technology using our own data. So a lot of it is about the you know the story, and um, a lot of people don't actually trust people with a pure big corporate background. So in the beginning, it was very very challenging. 
And secondly, a lot of uh, like generic VC investors have very negative bias on the consumer lending sector. Um, in particularly, you know, when when there is sort of like a balance sheet lending uh, element in there, so it was very challenging. What we did in the end was we uh, we end up. Um, basically convincing the people who already knew us and trust us. And it's basically family and friends in the end who give us a couple of million. And um, and later on, actually soon after that, we got um, 30 million pounds, about $40 million as a debt funding from a German bank. And and once we had that one, basically it gives us you know the what do we need for the first one or two years, and after that we have the, the data, the track record, have a lot of information to prove that this technology really works. That's how we eventually convinced um, bigger players like Citibank because we have a lot of you know information to show evidence to show to them that it really works. So 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 let me ask you this because. You guys have raised money, you know, in a really good way, you know, since you founded the company uh, and you didn't wait too much, you know, between one financing cycle to the next. I mean, typically people would raise money, you know, every 18 to 24 months. In your case, you didn't wait that long, you know, in between in between the rounds that you've done. You know, why did you think that that, that was the way to go to raise all that money, you know, as quick as possible instead of maybe like waiting a little bit more in between financing cycles? Mm, because the um, I think it's 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 mainly driven by the um, uh, the growth and the market opportunity. Um, there is a so on the technology side, um, there is really a vacant in terms of that kind of t- uh, open banking AI based technology in the credit world. There is a lot of demand, and on another side, there is also a lot of demand from the consumers who. Who need affordable loans in this kind of particular in this kind of particular world? Um, while traditional lenders, they, because they use credit score approach, which is right on average, but wrong on every single person, they make decisions. Like I would say, a lot of decisions are random decisions. Just the computer says no. I don't know how I say, how to assess this person. I just say no to be on the prudent side. As a result, a lot of people are excluded from the um, from the ecosystem, and um, and but you know. A, but lending can actually help a lot of people in particular, you know, at all times, in difficult times and, you know, in, 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 in the good times, help people to, you know, to achieve their target, help the economy to grow. And we see there's a massive opportunity in there and there's clearly a lot of demand, both on the technology side by the financial industry, also by the consumer side. And you guys have uh, also uh, been growing really nicely, the headcount. I think in the last 12 months, it's like an increase of 36%, according to LinkedIn. So how have you guys gone about adding you know, more people without breaking the culture? Mm, very, very good question. So we have uh, 55 people in total so far. Probably not all of them are on LinkedIn. Half of the team are full-time engineers. So we are a very heavy technology-focused company. Um, and uh, the cultural thing is, is a pretty good question because in the very beginning, a lot of the people, in particular, the managing the team are people we worked, we know each other for decades, we worked closely with each other. So it's easier to build the culture because we know what to expect from this person. <laughs> and uh, I we know that I'm not going to be upset because this person said this thing because this is how he behaves, but it's good intention. And 
And as the team gets bigger, uh, we get more and more people who we didn't know. And so it's from that kind of organic digital channel we recruit. Um, Building the company culture is something I mean, I personally thinking about how do we actually do it better every day. Um, We are super outcome focused. We are laser focused company um, because I think it's in contrast to my experience in, in a big corporate, I think there are a lot of inefficiency in big corporates, like how, you know, how the governance works and how the decision making works. Um, when we are doing a, a small start, we are still a startup or you call it a scale, a scale up, but it's still pretty small. We have uh, limited resources, timing, uh, time, uh, people, and also financial resources compared with big banks. One of the things I'm trying to always encourage people is to be super focused and then laser focused on things and focus on, you know, prioritize what is the most important thing instead of wasting their time on unnecessary things. I give you an example. Um, one of the new joiners really likes making PowerPoint slides. And um, one of the things he, he showed me recently is uh, to download the data from uh, from our you know data center and then put it nicely on a PowerPoint. I had very strong objections to that. I said, you know, if anyone wants to see it, they can just go to the data center. It's real time. Why do we need someone, a middle person to download and format it on a PowerPoint and share it even irregularly? That's that's not how we do things. You know, focus on your time on the most important things instead of this kind of things which are not creating much value. So, so, so then, obviously, you know, to get all these people, to get all this money, it required vision, a very compelling vision. So imagine if you were to go to sleep tonight, Michelle, and you wake up in a world where the vision of a bound is fully realized. What does that world look like? Uh, that world looks like the, the financial industry is more inclusive. It is smarter. I think that is uh, the future. And um, the lending uh, decisions are more responsive. That's what I'm looking for. Um, to to make it more, you know, smarter, better decisions and more inclusive, you need, we, we, we need much better technology and we need to understand the customer's true affordability rather than just treating them as a working credit score, rather than just use a blunt average to apply to every single person. That is the thing that which, you know, which, which keeps me waking up every morning to go to work because we want to build something to revolutionize the credit technology. Now, one thing here is that uh, as part of the company, you guys are pushing two products and um, one is about, you know, and then the other one is render. So how do you guys go about that in a way that uh, it doesn't create confusion and you guys, you know, keep up with the efficiency? Uh, I don't see it's confusing at all because these two business are, there's a lot of a synergy between these two business. Again, if I come back to the mission of the company, our mission is to expand access to affordable loans. We do this via two things. One is directly lending to people here in the UK. That's what Abound does. Second is that we partner with international um, lenders by renting our technology to them to empower them to make better decisions and, um, and, and take less business risk and also provide more affordable loans to consumers outside the UK as well. So there's a lot of the synergy between these two businesses. Render is not going to be render without, without a bound because 
the technology we build and the um, uh, you know the, the the technology we build over time for render is actually trained from 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 abound, and likewise our mission is not going to be fully achieved if we only focus on you know the UK consumer lending business. It's much it's a much bigger it's a much bigger play if we do the render bit by building an international business by partner with lenders internationally got it so it's like the way that they feed from one another that ultimately makes you know like the company magical so i i can get that now we're talking about the future here i want to talk about the past but doing so with a lens of reflection michelle let's say i put you into a time machine and i bring you back in time I bring you back in time to, you know, maybe that moment where, you know, you were, you know, there speaking with Gerald and you guys had one of your, you know, com conversations where you were getting together, maybe for coffee or for, or for tea, like you would do there in London. And, uh, and let's say you were able to show up, to show up to one of those get togethers and you were able to give those two individuals sitting at the table one piece of advice before launching the business what would that be and why given what you know now um started a, a bit earlier uh i would say you know they i always wanted to be an entrepreneur i have thinking about this for many many years but i did take my time to actually start you know to take this step it, it took me you know a couple of years to actually quit a corporate job and start start entrepreneur but actually it's 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 very it's a very different challenge and very different experience the things i have learned in the last three and a half years it is it is tremendous i think from the personal development perspective i feel i i'm i'm just a different person the way i think about the things it it's it's tremendous. So I would I would encourage people who is listening to this. This is what I'm going to tell my daughter when she grow up as well. If she really wants to do something, do it earlier. I love that. Now, Michelle, for the people that are listening that would love to reach out and say hi, what is the best way for them to do so? Oh, feel free to reach out to me from LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Michelle He. My surname is H E, and I am a CEO and the co-founder of Abound and Render. Amazing. Well, hey, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the Deal Maker Show today. It has been an honor to have you with us. Thank you. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.